I don't know if I continue, even today, always liking myself. But what I learned to do many years ago was to forgive myself. It is very important for every human being to forgive herself or himself because if you live, you will make mistakes. It is inevitable. But once you do and you see the mistake, then you forgive yourself and say, well, if I'd known better, I'd have done better. That's all. So you say to people who you think you may have injured, I'm sorry. And then you say to yourself, I'm sorry. If we all hold on to the mistake, we can't see our own glory in the mirror because we have the mistake between our faces and the mirror. We can't see what we're capable of being. You can ask forgiveness of others, but in the end, the real forgiveness is in one's own self. I think that young men and women are so caught by the way they see themselves. Now mind you, when a larger society sees them as unattractive, as threats, as too black or too white, or too poor, or too fat, or too thin, or too sexual, or too asexual, that's rough. But you can overcome that. The real difficulty is to overcome how you think about yourself. If we don't have that, we never grow. We never learn. And as sure as hell, we should never teach. Maya Angelou. Welcome to the Lost Traveler podcast. I'm your ever-loving host, Henry Cameron Allen. And today I have a very special guest, a new friend in this universe, and somehow we found each other, but um, we'll tell that story in a minute. But let me present to you Queen Bee Divine. Um, I was listening to uh, some mentors on the Wisdom app, and if you haven't gotten into Wisdom yet, it's a really, really great thing. So look it up. It's on both Android and Apple. So um, anyway, I just, I was so smitten five minutes into listening to you. And I had this feeling that we were going to be fast friends and that I had to somehow support getting your voice out into the world because it's so necessary. Introduce yourself, please. Welcome and and uh, talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you come from. Thank you so much for having me and having this space. And just, you know, it just tells me your vibration is so beautiful when we connect and we open. And we find ourselves, we find each other in such beautiful, divine ways. So thank you again. I'm Queen Be Divine, and that name did not come easily for me. But I do always define Queen Be Divine as the reason why I call myself Queen is because I try and always do my best to connect with the crown chakra, which is the crown chakra. So when you notice that we have a divine consciousness that is greater than us, and it encompasses the Christ energy, all these beautiful things that, 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 that love flows through, you wear your crown. You notice your royalty. B is because my name is, my last name actually begins with B. And divine is because I have realized, which I'm no different from anybody else, is that I've just realized my divinity. And I grab hold of it and I hold on to it with everything I have. So that's why I am where I'm from. I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Uh -huh. And um, 
that story is uh, how I got to Vancouver. <laughs> That's a talk, I tell you. But um, I was born um, to the first four years of my life is is somewhat of a mystery. Um, I, I'm not sure why, but, you know, we all have our family um, secrets and that's apparently it's one of them but I have learned that my beginnings is love we are all rooted to love and that's the only thing that matters so I walk forward in love um, I was very blessed to have a very uh, you know at the time before my my um my ascension into using words of power before that moment, my childhood was toxic. It was tough. It was hard. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> but I've come to, you know, as we grow and mature in, in this life, I realize that, um, that there are just challenges to make me stronger. And as a child, I did not know that, but I realized that um, to the, you know, to 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 the the warriors that really want to make a difference, their path, as we know, is very difficult. So I take it as a blessing. Now I can look at it and go, I am blessed to have gone through all that toxicity. Yay! That's well. That's that's why these conversations are so important, and why I have devoted my life's work to universal life skills. Everything you're talking about. Every person has a crown chakra. We are all royalty. We all carry that essence. You know, there's something that we still struggle with in humanity. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, when the lights are off, we're all the same. Mm. But when the lights come on, all of a sudden we've got to scatter like cockroaches and divide you know, and if you've ever had cockroaches, you know what I'm talking about. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, They're quick little, quick little buggers, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. As are we, you know. We're, Amen. We're, we're, we're quick yes. to divide. You know, well, there are, are cousins we? anyway. We're, we're all, you know, everything alive is related. Did you know that we are, that we carry the same DNA as the uh, plant kingdom, si bananas are our cousins, 60% of the same DNA. What? You know what I mean? You know, and, and, and somehow, you know, whether, you know, there's so many, if you talk to so many people, it's a conspiracy theories, thoughts and processes, right. but I really think it's, if we could, if, if, if in the mindset of those who want to have power for the wrong reasons, it is advantageous to separate us and allow us to believe that we are different, whether it be color, religion, race, anything. As long as we do not understand the truth that we are one, we will never get to that precipice of di our divinity and noticing that we are kings and queens. So um, my journey, thank God for my journey. And I say that sincerely from all of me, yeah. you know, including the abuse, the, the sexual abuse, the molestation, living on the streets um, and having to really see the, the shadows of life. I, I am truly blessed to, to realize that we're all one. We are, and these are the situations that carried me through. And, you know, and I used to have, um, that 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 ideal because um, the ideal that you know 
oh, you know, oh, you know, oh, that's that's people just they're, they're, they don't work, so that's why they're on the street. Oh, how dare you have do this to you? And and and, 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 and then I realized when it hit me, I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing, God. You're giving me the experience to shut me up and learn instead of judging. Just have compassion. That's have so compassion. Right. That's so, you know, I was very lucky and very privileged mm -hmm. to right. have been born into a family, toxic as it was, um, that provided me with an opportunity to travel the world as a child. Mm -hmm. And I was able to witness the spectrum <laughs> of the human experience. Right. From extreme to extreme, extreme poverty, extreme wealth. <laughs> and what I and, I and I think it served me well in my work now that I understood from an early age that we are one, mm. that we are one being. And when we, we talk about divinity, that we right. all carry that divine spark, not that we are separate from, but we are part of. When you take, when you shut out the lights, it's all one thing. And what we call God or the creator or the divine creative force of the universe we're part of it. We're not separate from it and whatever it is. And none of us really knows. We know what it, how it resonates within our soul, right? Yeah. And has somebody who has, um, I, I, you don't know this, but I, I lost my son to brain cancer mm -hmm. when he was 13 years old. And mm -hmm. that's my measuring stick. Mm -hmm. of everything else. What's the worst that can happen to me? The worst that could happen to me, I thought happened to me when I was a kid. Oh, and, wow. But oh, then wow. the worst, something even worse happened to me. And not not playing a victim card, but yeah. the point being that, that I now have something to measure everything else that's going to be thrown at me for the rest of my life. And nothing that I can imagine comes even close to that. A guy wire is a tensioned cable that is designed to enhance the stability of a freestanding structure. Think of me as your guy wire in terms of life skills mentoring. You're perfectly capable of standing stably on your own two feet, but I'm a cable that can enhance your stability. I'm available for individual or couples counseling, life skills mentorship, child loss grief support, LGBTQ plus support. I can also officiate weddings, end of life ceremonies, baby namings, invocations, or whatever guidance you may need. I serve all genders, all ages. Sessions are affordable, discreet, private, and conducted online. Find me at guy-wire.org. Book your appointment today. What was your measuring stick that keeps mm -hmm. you real in those moments where life as she does flings some nastiness our way? <laughs> sure. It, you know, um, I grew up in a, I have 14 siblings and wow. 
and you know, everybody says, well, but when I get there, I have six on my mother's side and seven on my dad's side. And I'm the only one that has, I'm just me, my mother and father, they, but how, however they got together, they did. And that was it. And that was just me. So in that respect, I've always saw myself as very, I'm very original. There's no one like me. And I grew up with my mom's, um, my mom's side of the siblings. And one of my sisters had sickle cell anemia and wow. it's a, uh, blood disease or it's, it's, it's blood cancer if that's the best it's the easiest way to say it right cancer of the blood and we every day when we went to school before she could get into hospitals we would have to go home and just it was either my turn to sit on the bed and just shake it gently because it felt good on her body we'd sit on the side of the bed and just go because <laughs> she, she liked the feeling of it. it felt like water maybe I don't know but she, she loved that feeling and I remember used to saying it's not fair that I have to do this it's just not fair I want to go out and play I want to and you know my brother would come in and he would do it and then she ended up in a hospital and I, and, and this time I was probably in my teens. I had ran away from home already. I had been through the group home system. I had come out, you know, as best as I could. And I used to visit her and she would, she would, she would call me in the middle of the night. And she said, the nurses are being terrible to me. Can you come over and let them see that I have a sibling, let them see I'm not alone. And I go yeah. over there and I I'd sleep in the bed with her and and take off little take the little trays of jello that was on the little cubes of jello and we'd eat and I'd walk around the hospital and I'd see all these people and then I'd go clubbing the next day and one day I came home from clubbing and I think I was about 30 something and um and she was about maybe 10 years older than me um yeah I think because it, it was so boy people are so funny I'm trying to remember the age so she was about maybe about six or seven years older than me and I got a phone call I called her and she said in her Jamaican tongue she said Sonia I said yes and she said how are you and I said I'm fine and then all of a sudden the alarms went off into the building the fire alarm because she lived in an apartment building and she said, oh, my goodness, I can't talk to you now. And I said, ah, oh, don't worry, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she said, fine, then. The next day, my mom called me and she had died in her sleep. And it broke my heart. Oh, yeah. It broke. It just because she was my favorite sister. She was the first sister I met when because I was born in Canada and I'm the only one born in Canada. And she came to Jamaica, to, uh, came to Canada to get medical, better medical care. And I remember she taught me a lesson in that moment. I callously said, oh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And in, in the biblical sense, it said, you know, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And in that moment, I learned that today is when I give my love, Thank not you. tomorrow, not 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 any other moment but right now so when we have the opportunity to look at somebody and say i love you know that th it might be that last moment and how do you want to live that last moment with someone and you know when you heard when i heard you say about your son passing away um of, of you just you say to yourself in that moment it is so important to say i love you today i don't know what tomorrow may bring I don't care if you were, you know, you're a little rascal today. I don't care if anything, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care yeah. because we never know when God calls us 
to go do another service in another dimension, I call it, in another place to go do love. So that was my moment where I, I realized that even in loving myself, love myself today, because I do not want to meet if there is a occasion where I have to speak to God after this body has given out. I don't want to look at God and go, did you love yourself before you came down? I'm like, uh. <laughs> and everybody. No, I, was no. <laughs> I was too and busy everybody. judging myself. I was too being busy being mean. So that was my moment where I said, um, it, she taught me in her last moment to that tomorrow might not, might not come. So love everybody that you can right now in this moment, because that's all we really ask for. You know, every single person that's walking on the street, every individual, every living creature just wants love. You know, recognize that life in everything and be sure to, to ask God, even if my heart is corrupted by whatever it is, release that so I can love that person in this moment. That's so true. And, you know, this, anyone who's experienced a significant loss, I mean, all loss is significant to the individual experiencing it. But I think when it's someone close to you, like a child or a sibling or a friend or a parent, a grandparent, whoever, you know, um, my journey really lifted a veil for me in terms of really seeing the fallacy of death for what mm. it is. It's not, it's an illusion, right? Right, right, right. I mean, even, even the science of physics teaches us that energy, which is what we are, cannot be created and it can't be destroyed. It just transmutes, it changes form, right? right? So what does that mean for death? That mm-hmm. means that it's not real. Right, right. That, that makes up the the self with a capital S. Right. That just goes into a different vessel or becomes part of the one, part of the whole. Again, I remember Cameron was about, I don't know, maybe two years old. And he was at that, you know, point and, and name phase. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the backseat of the car. We were driving by this huge cemetery. And he said, Papa, what's that? like how do you explain a cemetery to a (laughs) (laughs) two-year-old i said well honey it's a people garden Mm. sometimes when a person's body stops working we plant that body into the earth like a seed and it feeds the trees and it goes into the grass and the air that we breathe and becomes part of everything and that was enough that was enough beautiful that's beautifully explained um, that yes i love that i love that you know it it is it is so important that when we teach children because i was a nanny for 16 years i was going to ask and- you if you worked with kids <laughs> I, I, I would they're have loved you as a yeah, they're people. one of my favorite people children i learned so much from children it's mind-boggling i Absolutely. love it um and i was very blessed to work with some very um um interesting children and one of my favorite children i loved all of them was her rosemary she, um, she was born quite according to perception normal and one of the nannies prior to me um had left her with chunks of apple and she got caught in her throat and she ended up with cerebral palsy oh. and the, and the mother felt 
so much guilt. And I remember coming into the situation and and and, and the mother had, had seen this girl as an invalid, which I understand. She's like, she needs to be have the diaper. She needs to be right. fed. Right. And I remember saying, I'm not going to look at her that way. I refuse to look at her that way. And That's the mother goes, but you have to. And I said, it's okay. I got this. And I remember <laughs> this little girl just, just brightening up because I would expect her and I would, and she understood what I was saying. And, um, and then I would say to her, if you could just walk over here and grab some jello, we, I'll give you the whole package. And I remember she laughing because she knew she, she couldn't get up and she had this humor about her. And I remember she just clung onto me. And one of her favorite songs was somewhere over the rainbow. And wow. I would sing it for her, sing it for her daily. And I refused to, to treat her like an invalid. And her mom said, you know what? I've seen a difference in her. Cause I said, you know what? I, I think our bodies lie to us. You know, she is not disabled mind and spirit and in heart. She is capable of loving you fully, right? And I believe her body is a test for those who believe that she is disabled to see how they treat her. That's right. How do you treat the body when, or a human spirit when you think it's incapable of fighting back? When you well, that, think that's education, I mean, we have been told so many untruths and misconceptions about others throughout right. history. We have, you know, we have experienced this. And so how do we now in the 21st century with so much information right. out there, how do you sort out what's true and what's not? And I right. think the answer is what you're talking about. You had an instinctive moment with that child right it was your instinct that told you and you fall in spite of her mother your employer telling you no you have to treat her this you you were able to somehow connect and <laughs> yeah. find the right frequency to match this this person this young person yeah. right yes. and and that's what it's like to me it's like a great cosmic radio right, right. you've got to be the one using the capacities that you have that we have to plug it into the juice, to yes. get some energy flowing into that radio. And then we are the ones who get to flip it on, right? Turn it yes. on, baby. And then <laughs> you start turning the dial a little bit this way, a little bit that way, until it matches the frequency that you are in in this moment. And that could be a person, that could be a, uh, your work, that could be a, a song that comes on, it could be a chat show, it could be share all day you know <laughs> it could be you know music for the 60s and 70s whatever you resonate with in that moment and knowing that you are you always have the power to turn the dial if you're not yes. matching with a particular song or a particular particular frequency and that's the same with people that no matter what our what i call diff diff abilities d-i-double-f oh nice we're differently abled we're not disabled. We label ourselves or we are labeled disabled, but right. I'm not interested in what you can't do. I'm interested in what you can do and what you are and who you are, right? right? And everyone has value. Everybody. And that's Everybody. Your generous sponsorship and individual support of the Lost Traveler podcast benefits the Lost Travelers Club, 
a charitable project under the fiscal sponsorship of United Charitable, a nonprofit 501c3 organization. The Lost Travelers Club focuses primarily on the needs of parents who have outlived their beloved children. We recently launched our new Brain Candy Project wing, providing art supplies to children still struggling with critical or terminal health-related conditions. We hope to raise enough funds to launch Brain Candy, an arts and literature magazine created by and for these young people. Find out more at www.braincandy.online. Thank you. And I think that's what's lacking. You know, I was talking about a talk on wisdom the other day about the difference of Woodstock and 1969, and they tried to redo it in, I think, 1999, 2000 yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> and people said, oh, it didn't work. It was horrible the second time. It was terrifying. You know, the, the, the marketers did it wrong and blase, blah. And I said, you know what? You know, on my talk, I said, it wasn't the marketers. It was the mindset of the people that had changed. Yes. They had a different thought process back in 1969 where you could just walk. I mean, yes, it was full of a whole bunch of stuff, but they didn't, you know, it wasn't the worrisome of like, oh, I'm just going to go and sit down. And people sat down beside each other. Now we're looking at each other and go, are you even capable of sitting beside me do you wear the right clothes to sit beside me do you speak your color of your skin doesn't match what I'm doing and blase blase and we get so lost in the divide and I believe that is what is is reflective of what's happening right now we are waking up that we do not want to be divided anymore we know the truth that we are one and so, and so many old foundations are crumbling and they should because we now are awakened to the truth that you know Thank goodness. I mean, technology has its benefit. I can look at you now and say, hey, you know, let's talk. COVID woke me up. Like yes. if I was sleeping, it woke me up because I, I didn't have time to waste on things that didn't resonate love. That's right. I had a little bit of, I had, you know, whether it is in, in Canada here, you know, they locked down a lot of restaurants and so forth and so forth. So you, you had to make your time matter. Right. You had to, and it was a blessing in disguise. And, and as we come through now, a lot of, um, um, and it's unfortunate, but it's a good thing. A lot of people are separating, getting remarried. Like, oh, I can't, I couldn't spend you. Oh my lord, I'm just, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> and they're like, wow, look at that, eh? Some people are waking up, and it took that time to be in a space. Um, however, it came about to say, look at your reflection do you like what is in front of you and it's okay to say i want a, a, a better resonate a, res, a better resonating person i want to resonate love i want to feel it and people took a lot of courage to step out of their lives just like when i was a young a young girl and i ran away from my childhood home at 11 i woke up then and said this is not going to happen you know, and whether I do, I never blamed my mother. I took a long time to to look at the self and say, okay, I grew up in this energy. It was sexual abuse. She married someone. I had to live on the street. But then when I got to the age of maturity, I realized she was just going through her thing and she was doing the best she could from with the tools that she had. Right. Absolutely. And it really laid the foundation that the tools that we have are only as good as we're willing to receive, right? So I, I want a, a, a better tool of love. So I had to put myself 
and my mindset in a better place so I can receive these things. And that's when I started learning that trees are just like me, just yeah. in a different body, just in a different body. You know, I started respecting even the smallest ant. Like even in my house, as crazy, sometimes my husband looks at me and he follows my, he goes, happy wife, happy life. You know, he'll <laughs> take the ant and you put it outside. And I'm like, don't kill it because I don't know who's in that energy. Let it go do its thing. You know, so, so, uh, you know, when we realize our oneness, when we realize the vibration that we really want to resonate at, we will make changes. And yes, it might it, to look to some that, oh my gosh, who are you? But like, I always truly believe if this vessel of me is not working correctly, in amplifying what God has given me to, to give out, I'm not doing anybody anything, any service. So it's important to love thyself. And, and, and from that love, you will see the reflection of who you truly are. And if you don't like the reflection, you're welcome to adjust the mirror. <laughs> you're welcome. Because you know what? We require yes. humans, we require a mirror yes. to see our own face. Yes. Yes, very so. Like even in a car when no, you drive, no. you 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 see your rear view mirror, and if you can't see what you're seeing, you got to adjust it because you want to you want to travel down the road in life safely. You don't want to hit another car, so you're you're adjusting it and you're adjusting your side mirrors because you want to flow down the the road in safety. And I think that's how we we should always be adjusting and looking and and transforming and asking and whatever resonates with you, whether it be a religion, whether it be what ever resonates with you I say go for it because I'm sure God I can't speak for God but I feel God God just wants you to come to the light come to the light babe come just come 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 the God don't care if you got one day. just come we'll figure out the stuff later <laughs> be the light be the light, be you, the are light. The, you know there's that thing I can't remember who said it but you know that your cracks are where the light gets in yes Right. I, I disagree with that. Oh, I, I love it. I think the cracks are where your light, your inner light gets out to the world. Yes. That's you know? beautiful. Loved. I love that. Um, and the rear view mirror, mirror is such a great image too, because you got to watch your past. You can't live back there, yeah. but you got to watch it or it's going to come up and hit you from behind. Right. Yeah. You keep it <laughs> Make sure that you're enough distanced from it. that You yeah. can recognize <laughs> <laughs> and it's all in your power to make that yes. adjustment. You know, I, I like that. I also love the trees analogy because we are like trees and we are related to trees, yes. you know, on the great tree of life. When yes. when all of life was just a single cell manifested, mm. right? Mm. And then we started to develop and evolve in our form. Right. And I see it as the great tree. And one branch went off to the plant kingdom and the other branch went off to the animal kingdom and all those different branches on each one. Right. Um, you know, and a tree builds up a bark to protect its vital mm -hmm. core. Those juices of life that flow at its core that are vital and, and make it, you know, alive and be able to put oxygen out into the world for us to breathe. We do the same thing. We build up a bark around ourselves. For me, I was morbidly obese for years. That was my bark. That was my protection. Mm. What was your bark? Oh, well, you know, 
my bark that's a very good question and thank you for asking it and i'm i'm i'm, I'm being honest i'm stalling to to think of what, what my bark was i feel like i had so much bark <laughs> <laughs> that was some thick bark <laughs> so much bark but I, I i i if i had to choose one of my thickest bark that was for protection yeah was i really truly believed and it was a bark of some sort that um, I had to do it alone. And I didn't need anyone to help me because at, at, at 11, I had to leave home, my childhood home and do all this. Why do I need people? But I had to really remove that bark and, 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 and really accept the connection that God works through other people, works through animals, trees, anything, everything. Um, and so I had to remove that bark that, that that the things that happened to me weren't to hurt me, but was to help me. And in that sense, um, when I saw it as a helping tool to be a better version of Queen Bee, to be a better human being, I started letting people in. And it was a really difficult, difficult um, 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 bark to remove, especially yeah. in the group homes that I um I went into because I I I, I, I as, as a black woman talking on that level yeah. I didn't see anybody that looked like me I didn't see anybody I was I was very you know I, you know I, I, my mom used to say I remember when before I left and she said you know you're never gonna be able to come home do you know what those group homes are like you're like Oliver the movie and I I was like what <laughs> I was like Oh my God! What's the, I may have to ask for a plate of food, and I'm gonna be running the streets, and just say, "Oh my!" And I would panic. And when I got in there, and I said, "Oh my goodness, that's not correct," and my 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 social workers really had to break it down so I could get so they can get into the core of me because I had built up this this. If I don't need anybody, I won't get hurt. I have a question: Were your social workers black or were they white? They were or all another... white. The one I had about three and one was Asian and one was Jewish. And these two women taught me about the world. Like, I mean, I remember my Jewish social worker. She was so freaking awesome. She was just amazing in teaching um, how to, to, to realize that the world is not just one way. And I remember she tried to hurt her first thing. She when I left my childhood home and she took me in the car for the first time, she said, what type of foods do you eat? I said, well, my mom was Caribbean, so I ate a lot of Caribbean food, but I really like hamburgers and fries. I'm just, I've, I wasn't, I never had a hamburger and fries at that time, right? I was like, they found me and they brought me into the system. And I said, so she goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you to all kinds of restaurants and we're going to take you to Jewish, Ethiopian. And she had the list and every week she'd pick me up and we'd go to the restaurant and every week I'd order a hamburger and fries. <laughs> <laughs> and this was in Toronto? <laughs> this was Toronto where the best food yes, in the world is. of any kind you can yeah, find. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow and finally after about two years after about two years with her um she left and it was just then I had gotten used to her and I remember how sad I was and then this Asian woman came in she was Chinese I remember she saying that and she was tough 
as nails. She did not let me get away with anything. And neither did my first social worker, but it it taught me that people are people. And no matter where they come from, they want the best for you. They truly did. And I had some really good people. Um, there were very few women of color who worked in the system. Very few. Right. Um, and there were very few children of color in the system, which I came to learn that the reason why there are very few, because in the Caribbean culture and, and, and some other cultures, but that specifically, you don't tell your business. You stay in the mess. You take it. You take it. You don't you don't tell police officers that these are happening, you know, and that's something I want to break because talking because I have a show that's called The Cure is a Conversation. It truly can alleviate so much of the nonsense that's going in your head. You know, if you don't know why uh, a black person does this and, you know, and I, I always open the question. I'm like, people come up to me, ask me anything. I'm not going to get offended. They're like, OK. And, and I ask these people ask these serious questions like. Well, do black people tan? And I said, that I some people do. Some people, you know what I mean. Do. Some, I, I, you know what I mean. I tan. I burn. Do they have sunburn? And this is what helps us to continue and get away from the false media representation of okay. what people think that we are. So I always say, ask questions, talk to someone. Don't be afraid. Feel that you know what I mean. A woman with a hijab from the Middle East. I just I remember just going up there. I said, Why do you wear it? She goes, some women choose to, and some people don't. And yeah. she said, thank you for asking. So um, my, 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 my life has been really around learning. And I realized my, you know, God, however you want to perceive it, took me out of my closed home so I could be open to all the beauty of the world. And that's how it should be. Balance, pain mitigation, range of motion, athletic performance, focus, memory, immune system support, and REM level of sleep. All this and more made possible affordably with no pharmaceuticals, no injections, or invasive treatments. Just socks, insoles, and patches made stronger with the tactile patterning of Vox Life products. Scientifically proven to work, and guaranteed. Now in the USA, Canada, and the UK, visit www.dianedinkmeyer.voxlife.com. That's Vox, V-O-X-X, life. You'll be glad you did. Um, yes. You said you were 11 when you left home. And had you had you 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 were in a closed environment up until the time you left. You didn't really commiserate or have friends that were of multiple different races and and not that I believe race is an actual thing, but yeah, um, you know. But I understand it. Yes, I get it. But but there's a there's you know I can imagine it's like Dorothy stepping out into Technicolor, you know, into a Technicolor world that is just awe inspiring and. Was it scary? Was it shocking? What was the biggest surprise? It was very shocking because um, my um, up until that point, I had all black fans, friends. I lived in a black community. The school we went to was probably 80 percent black um, just because of the people that lived in the area. Um, the te- there was probably one black teacher in the school. Um, so I was always surrounded by what made me comfortable at the time and 
once I went to the group home, I remember, and I laugh about it all the time. When I got into the group home, they listed all the things that you had to do. And they're like, okay, every week when we check your room and your room is clean, we'll give you $5 for every day your room is clean. And I went, what? You pay me to clean my room? Are you kidding me? My mom would never have that. They're like, no. So, and then, you know, um, I remember things like, um in the group homes there was one couple who was they were basically flung out of the 60s and they loved the grateful dead that's all they listened to that was all they listened to their the whole house was covered in the grateful dead and they had a, a dog and that was something i wasn't used to i was like oh my god you have a dog in the house that's insane and i remember the first day i sat down to dinner and normally Caribbean food is really, at least my mom was very um, centered around root vegetables. Yeah. She made everything from scratch. Um, you know, um, we didn't have junk food. And I remember we didn't have spaghetti and all that stuff. This is not what she had. And I remember sitting at the group home table and they called us out for dinner. And I looked at the food and there was this loaf in the middle of the table. And I said, what is that? <laughs> and she said, that's meatloaf. I'm like, what? <laughs> And she's like, well, and then the kicker was after dinner, everybody, you know, you put ketchup on this loaf of meat, <laughs> and, and I was like, okay. And after they were done, everybody in sync would put their plate on the floor for the dog to lick. And I remember going, what is happening <laughs> to my life? And, you know, and after you realize, yeah, they wash the dishes and then, you know, you get, you get used to these things. And I, and I started opening up to myself and learning all these different ways, spaghetti and spaghetti and meatballs. And, and, you know, and I started to learn just that people, it's the same food, but just mixed differently. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing. And, and, and in, even in my own culture, I got backlash because I was considered, and this is just a term, it's not nothing, whitewashed, because mm -hmm. it seemed like I had, I had lost my roots. And I remember telling people, mm -hmm. I didn't lose my roots, I deepened them. Thank you. Oh, I that's such an important them. message. That's such an, you know, I've been, I've been studying for the past, I don't know, three or four years, deep diving into my DNA and into my genealogy. And I am finding connections to all people all around the world. I was able to even find my my African roots, which wow, is like a, that's that that's a mind blowing thing when you are <laughs> everything about you says European, right? Right. Um, I'm part of the the Eastern European diaspora. After you know, yeah. actually, it was before World War One. Even my people came to wow. America in around 1900 uh, from Ukraine and Romania and that part of the world. But I right. have no Ukrainian and no Romanian in my DNA. But oh. generations of my family lived there, and nobody knew where people originated from. Most, the most concentrated wow. DNA I have is Roman. But I've got right. Spanish and I, I was going back and back and back. And this is now thousands of years, right? And I was able to find this website that really tears it down to where your foundational DNA came from. And mine came right. like every other human being on the planet, East Africa. Right. And I know the mm -hmm. tribes. 
I can right. meet wow. about a dozen tribes that are in my blood. I have a, a, a birthmark. You can't really see it uh, right. on the screen, but a little patch of, of tan there. And my grandmother, grandmother <laughs> wow. was this conservative Bronx, Jewish, New York, you know, kind of classic grandmother. Right. She used to point at that and she'd say, that's what's left of your Africa, honey. <laughs> that little off. patch of melanin on my elbow right. you know we all have it and right. if that isn't an indication of you know the miracle that we've been able through science to look at the past journey of humanity with clarity with right. validation that you and i could be cousins amen yes you know yes. that we are all blood related if we just right. started there, recognizing that we are every single person, I don't care if you're from Saudi Arabia it or Africa, matter. Uganda or Cuba or Jamaica or Brazil or Canada, we are all blood related way in the way back. Yeah, in the way, I love that, in the way if back, yeah. If we started at the foundation of the house, right? then we can go in and repair the damage to the foundation. You can, yes, right? You can you can rebuild a foundation. These, yes, very true. The house from collapsing on itself. Yes, yes. Right? That you know that's very true. And, and 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 I love how you say that because you know there is a I can't remember the quote of who wrote it, but it's not my quote. But if we stop pulling people from the river and go to the beginning and find out why they're falling into the river i can't believe then... you're saying this to me you know that's what my son my my son who he was 13 years yes. old passed right he was 11 when he was diagnosed and he used to say papa why is everybody racing for a cure why aren't we looking for the cause oh that's it and he that's said it. he said it's like there's this river of babies float you know the babies are drowning in the river everyone's running back to the village to get the nets fish the babies out <laughs> yeah. going up to find out why they were thrown in the river in the first place <laughs> hello yeah, talk, about, talk about stream of consciousness right now yes, that's it that 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 that's the beauty of it and, and i and i believe that if we can just go back to the beginning and say okay this is why we're falling in the river we can avoid so many different things but uh, until we are courageous to realize that you know that 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 the river needs to continue to flow and we're not we shouldn't be standing in the middle but going at the beginning and teaching from the beginning teaching children teaching them you know you love one another and and continue that energy all the way through their lives for me, the great universe thought the best way I can learn that love was to leave my childhood home at such a young age. I guess they thought, you got it. You can do this, girl. You got this. You, you're, and I'm, 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 I'm impressed by that. Sometimes I disagreed when I was younger. I'm like, are we sure we're on the same page, God? But I, I was good because I really had a lot of people. And, in, and because I was open to everybody and any person and, when I came to dating, I was open to meeting all cultures and all races. And I was, I was inundated. I was, 
um, accepted, you know, for the time I was in a Jewish Jewish family and they taught me all about the Jewish Seder. They took me to the yeah. synagogue. They taught me all these things. And they, you know, when they sat down and they, you know, the, the, the matzah balls represent this, the salt water represents this. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So when I went through my whole and in Chinese, Asian, everything. So when I got to about 2030, I had went through the world without going through the world. And I had learned that because I had an open heart and people like, how come you know so much? It's because I'm open to so much. I don't protect myself in the sense of, I think you're bad. Um, It's a feeling. It's an intuition. If I feel like something's off, I'll open my eyes a little better, but I won't close them. I'll be like, okay, I got you. I'm watching you in my sight, but I'm not going to be close to that because God is the ultimate protector. Love is the ultimate protector. Um, and, and I learned the value of life. Um, you know, I learned the one thing that taught me the value of life besides my sister just disappearing at a, just in the middle of the night, so to speak, was when I had an abortion and I realized mm. what a disservice I did to the light. I wasn't chastising myself, but I had to look at it and saying, wait a minute. Who taught me that life began at this? Life is life is life is life is life. That's and true. that is why I made a decision. And I wrote a book about it um, that, that it taught me that to really appreciate life in all areas. And the day and the time that we decide to divide life and life begins at that, or life begins when you're rich, or life begins when you're married, or life begins when you're divorced, or life begins. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, it's all encompassing. And as soon as you get away from the division, you will be be welcomed into the oneness. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Right. Well, and just like death is an illusion. Yeah, you know, all of them. The, the way that we perceive life as a separate state of being from everything else right. is not, it's also an illusion. It's, it's all existence. Right yeah. when, when a, a fetus is still attached to its mother, yeah. it's part of the mother. It's part of the same system. It's part of the same mechanism. Yes, it you is. Know? And it's it's something. And thank you, by the way, for for going there because yeah. it's a really hot topic right now. I know in America and probably <laughs> in Canada too. Yes, it's a big conversation globally, and it's not a a cut and dried issue right so nuanced yes it is and I laugh only because that prior to having the abortion I really had a very focused how dare you oh my god and here comes God going oh here you go girl and when I got into the situation I was like "Uh -uh, uh, oh I see what's going on here okay I get it and these are a lot of my situations and really cleared up my head by being in the situation and overstanding your body's your body, but you have the, you, I really, this is just my, my, my perspective. I really truly believe that if you know a child is going to come in with just God would rather you put, put, put it back in the light and then bring it forward again at another time. That's just Thank my you. opinion. That's, That's just a beautiful my way of, of looking at it. It's just it's just my opinion, and I and I, and I and I made that choice, and I remember tearing and t- t- and just crying over it and said, "God, I don't want to go to hell because I grew up in a very Catholic way." Mm. Oh God, I don't want to. I just I, and, and, and I tormented myself, and God goes, "Are you ready to shine your light 
And I said, no, I don't even know my own light. And then God goes, how can you teach something you do not have? Shadow and Light LLC was established by Dave Roberts and Reverend Patty Farino, co-authors of When the Psychology Professor Met the Minister. Their mission is to empower individuals to transcend life challenges by integrating spiritual practices with psychology to achieve peace. They are available for individualized spiritual counseling, virtual or in-person presentations and workshops to universities, organizations, and other interested groups, virtual or in-person book club meetings. For further information, go to psychologyprofessorandminister.com. Would you not prefer to do this another time in your life? And I was like, oh, well, and this is just my imaginary conversation. So um, I I went through a lot of learning and I became a, um, a healer of spirit. And that is what I do. I heal through communication. I teach people how to cleanse their own energy. I teach them how to to cleanse that which is themselves so they can be the best vessel, the best who they are, so they can affect the world the way they want to affect it. Be the change you wish to see. And that's what I help people on a daily basis with. And that's your calling. That's that is your calling. That's what calls to you. And that's from you. And that's yes. the light that emanates from you through your cracks, right? Those yeah, cracks, I love it. Right? That is, that's what I'm talking about. And I think it's so clear. You are so clear in who you are and what you are here to do. And that is why I wanted you on this podcast, because mm-hmm. it is such an important message. We have now listeners over 2,000 in 33 countries around the world. Congratulations. And well, but that's just to say that this vibration is going out very well. Oh, exactly. Work exactly. And that's, and that's, that's a very, um, that's, that's a very uh, important thing to say that the vibration is, 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 is flowing out. And that's, and that's how, you know, that things are, you know, you can feel it, the vibration. When I, when I was in a dark place, meaning that I didn't believe that I could change my life. I didn't believe I had the power and I was surrounded by those who supported that truth. Like at the time I was like, I need to get out of this. And the moment that I realized that I, I saw that I can change my life, that resonated throughout. And I I manifested people who were coming to my aid saying, oh my goodness, you're fantastic. And reflecting that back and go, how can I help you? Tell me, how can I help you? And I'd be like, uh, okay, this is what I need. And, and it was, it's beautiful. And it really is true that when you change not only your mindset, where the mind goes, the body follows. It's very, very true. Very and the true. frequency is put out yes. there. The people yes. that I have connected with globally in the last right. just four years has been mm-hmm. tremendous. And out of the blue, unexpected moments, there's this one uh, young man, 28, just my son's age. If he had lived, he would be 28 now. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in uh, Kampala, Uganda. And at a young age, he felt the calling to be a helper of vulnerable kids, orphaned and vulnerable mm-hmm. children. 
he uh, rented a two small rooms in a in a house in a slum, and he essentially adopted thirty two children, ages oh. two to fourteen. Can you imagine? Oh, I love that! And out of the blue, unbeknownst to me, I I wasn't looking for it, but a friend of mine in Massachusetts said, "Henry, you should meet Bogingo. I think you'd be a really great connection." So we connected on Facebook, Bugingo and I, and he was, I mean, he was barely even grassroots, below mm. the grassroots, like okay. below the roots. Right. He was still planted in the earth. He was still a seed. And we just started talking and I was asking him about his dream. What did he envision? Right. And it just started pouring out of him. And I was able to, you know, I, I'm I'm not here to save anybody, even though I have a savior complex. I own that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to save everybody, but I know I feel, I, you. I feel you. But you know, the people who have a matching frequency who find me and I find them, and it's right. I know that I have some skills. I know how I have things that I can do to help. And I'm here to be a helper. I'm not here to be a savior. I'm here to be a helper. So yes. I built a website for him. And I just started talking about it with people. And they're going through a tremendous, uh, tremendously difficult time right now in Uganda with famine and drought. And over the last few months, I've been mentoring with him every single day. He teaches me a lot too. And um, Oh, wow. And this, the, the roots now are are taking hold and there's some green starting to up out of this Love earth. And, um, and it's a very special thing. And I, it was unexpected. I would have never, you know, I've always been aware. I've been studying African history. There's this great right. uh, YouTube channel called Home right. Team History. Go look it up, Home Team History. I'll put a okay. link in the description too. And it's Thanks. all about African history. Wow. And I think every human being on the planet needs to learn about African history because it is our history. It is our homeland, our motherland. Yeah. Every human being needs to learn it. And it tells us who we are. Mm. And so I'm, I, I was already doing that, but that provided me with fertile soil to be able to help his growth with a degree of understanding that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So, you know, this is the message for everybody. Trust your gut, trust, trust your instincts, <laughs> trust your instincts uh, because 98.9999% yes. of the time it's right. Yes. Right. It's so how do you, how do you, in the, in the last bit of time that we have here, and I can't believe it's been an hour. You believe uh, that? It's just like you. <laughs> I know. I feel like we've barely even just started. I know. Um, you're gonna have to come back because this is I a would love conversation. We have to continue. Um, I want to know where. You, I mean, you said that you got it from absorbing, you know, and learning from people around you who came into your life. People of varied experiences, various cultures, and so forth, and you've absorbed. Have you? And now you're a, a published author. I bought your book, by the way. I'm very Why? Excited. Thank you. <laughs> read it. And everybody, I'm putting the link in the description below. 
Um, how, and what do you read? What do you study? Who do you, who inspires you? Mm, that, you know, there are so many, um, a lot of my, my experiences come from one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but I usually read books that I feel that will strengthen a part of me that I lack. I don't know if that makes any sense. My financial, sometimes, you know, attracting money, sometimes I get so bogged down in spirit, I, I forget that I need stuff. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think, be able to relate to that. Yeah, think big, grow rich is one of the things. I love Maya Angelou. Um, I love her readings. Um, I love um, Neville Garter. He's a, he's a good, he, he teaches some really good stuff. I love... Um, Wayne Dreyer, his his thought processes. And it's really just people who have connected with me. And there's one book by um um it's in a book, I can't remember the author, but it's called When We Were Kings. And it, it talks about um Africa and when 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 people understood the 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 wealth of the land, the wealth of their heart and how it was taken in, in in such a way and I don't totally focus on this because slavery and all that stuff yes it's happened to everybody but it, it is a small piece of our history it, I believe slavery was meant to just reflect that we can become weak if we give away our power or we do not pay attention to what is happening around us that and I think that's I really do believe that's why slavery has encompassed the entire world but I really look at books that that really inspire um, love and light, but most of my information, I sit and I meditate and I just commune with the spirit. And I look at all the situations and I look at people and say, okay, this person just came into my life. Is there anything I can learn from them or I can teach them? And I, and I will feel the energy. I will feel the energy and I just, and I really listen, but the, my greatest book, and I'm not a religious to per se, but I do love a good Bible. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many different little things that we can learn and when we when I, I look at the bible as it it's happening within me it's not happening without me it's happening within me the garden of eden is me do i choose to eat the apple of lies yeah i see it that way i don't necessarily go yada yada you but we whatever it's like food Sometimes when people cook food, they add spices. And the, I just look at the Bible and I just take it the way it is. And I go, okay, symbolically, what does this mean? How's, how can I use this to, in, to change my life? But a lot of the books that I have read, um, and I'm, I want to run to my bookcase, but next time I'll figure it out, um, <laughs> are, really, are really just things that when I, and when I feel like, you know what, I need to learn how to speak speak Spanish. I'm learning right now. I need to learn how to, 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 to create wealth in my life. These are the things that I stick to. Right. So, but as I said, from the, the, the natural knowledge of, of how to love another, I just sit in med meditation and, and, and I think, how can I love the world more? And before you know it, I manifest all these things towards me and I go forward. For years, I've turned on the television and the internet and have felt bombarded with messages of support, begging for money to support children in 
Africa, Afghanistan, India, all over the world, war-torn countries, children are starving, not only for food, but for education and love in some cases. Um, I recently connected with Desire Childcare Organization uh, that transforms the lives of orphans and vulnerable Ugandan children in Kampala and Mukono by providing wholesome food, housing, healthcare, and creative arts education from early childhood to adulthood. Won't you join me in helping save orphans and vulnerable children? We can do it together, one organization at a time. I chose this one. Visit desirechildcare.org for more information. Thank you. That's amazing. That's great. When it and this could be a whole other podcast episode. So I don't get <laughs> too deep into it, but but I know that there are different interpretations of the Bible. There's the right. King James version. There's the New yeah. World version. There's the you know there's the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Right. All which which is your go to? That that my, is the most my version of the 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 best version of the bible that i have really experienced is me i am a version of the bible and i and i really look at me as um i look at myself as those characters where where can i um where what part of my life can be a noah to just believe and just to build where can what part of my life can be a Jacob where I can wrestle with the angel and get my blessing? Where can, you know, and I, and I just see myself as that version. Um, but if I, my, my father, my grandfather, my, I can't even get into it. My father left me a version and it was the King James version. Though. That's the version that I say. But most of the times I just see myself as a reflection of it. Do you read other sacred texts like the Quran um, or the Hindu? Yeah, I read a lot of the. I really keep myself open because like you, you know, like we have emphasized here that we are one and, and I don't believe any one single culture has the answer. And I thank God, however it, was, it is, did it on purpose to put a little bit in everybody. Right. And I love the Jewish text. I love the Quran. I love the Torah. Um, I love the Baha'i. I read everything. So when I meet people, I could reach in and, and find something that is collectively that they can understand. And they go, oh, because it helps with the conversation. It helps with bringing people out and going, oh, so you're not biased or you're not. No, I'm not blocked. I would love to hear what you got to say. I'm not afraid of anything what people say because I am love and love can transform anything. Anything. Love conquers all. It sure does. <laughs> you know, and having grown up and lived in many countries around the world and being exposed to different spiritual paths and, and right. both individual, but also religion. Um, one thing that I walk away with always affirmed is that they're all saying basically the same thing. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole. You know, That's love each other. <laughs> and that we are all of us. Right. created in God's image, right? That's or we are a reflection of the divine. Every single sacred text yeah. expresses those things. And, right. and yet, <laughs> we, and forget, yet. we forget the light that we are part of. We forget yeah. that when, well, for me, that expression created in God's image or a reflection of the divine, that means we are imbued with all the same powers we ascribe to what we call yes. God, 
We yes. have the power of creation. We have the power of destruction. We have the power to guide. We have the power to lead. We have the power to move mountains, you know? And, and, and once we recognize that divine power within each of us, then we can start to see it in others, but it has to come from, and this is like you were saying, the gift of, of this uh, pandemic, is that we have been forced into a, a an inner monastery in a way, you know this yes. this, Very well said. this this cell of of introspection, this yes. uh, fortress of solitude that that comes from Superman. That's the story of Superman. Yes. Right? He has this <laughs> fortress of solitude. I've always resonated with that. I always wanted one, and guess what? I manifested it. Here I am in my beautiful fortress of solitude. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like a prison. It feels like a place where I can retreat into myself with a capital S, also right. Superman, and, <laughs> and connect with, with that source of yeah. all, the source of one, the source of everything. So what I always ask my guests, and thank you again uh, for all of this beautiful, beautiful wisdom. Thank you. And light and love. Um, we have listeners all around the world. Some are young people. Right. Some are older. Some are at the end of life. Um, are there three things, practical tools, that you can share that people can take away from this, either something that you've already touched on or something that we didn't okay. get to talk about yet. Well, um, I'll take this from my um, own life is that there is no greater voice than your intuition. And I always say the way that I honed my intuition was you know, it's just a simple thing. And one thing is if you know, like, how do I get to get in touch with my intuition? One thing that I do is I try cooking without a recipe. Yes. Don't cook without a recipe. Feel the food, feel the energy, and you'll learn to just trust that. And eventually you will cook a perfect meal and you will get in. And that helped me get in tune with my intuition. Also is that um, every night and every morning I get up, I look into the mirror and I say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And you got this. And there were times where I heard a voice in the other head go, I don't love you. I don't love you. If you hear that voice, just speak louder and say it as long as you need. And every day until you hear one single voice that says, I love you. I love you. I love you. And the, and the last thing that I, I do daily so I don't get lost and have my head up my ass is that is <laughs> to show gratitude all the time for the, the most simplest things, for waking up, for having a sheet, for having a house over your, your head, to having a bed, to having shoes. Just be grateful and the universe will always give you more because who doesn't want to give some more to people or someone who is grateful for the little things? So just be grateful, tell yourself you love you and listen to that inner voice for there is no greater voice because God speaks there. God speaks there. Beautiful. The more you hear something, the more you're apt to believe it, even if it's from yourself. Yes. Even if it's yes. from, maybe most especially <laughs> if it's from yourself. That yes. is, that's what resonated to me about your book. 
intermindvention. That's what it is, an intermindvention. And I just touch on the reason why I call it intermindvention, because your mind is like a garden and we have to be very careful of the seeds that we plant, the seeds that are sown in there, um, because it could grow into a wild jungle that there's crazy wild animals in there or you can really learn to prune and keep it gorgeous and keep it awesome and that takes conscious effort being aware of what is surrounding you and so that's why i call it inter intervention it's called junction and intermindvention and junction is a place where we meet and we meet in the mind so let's keep it as beautiful and and full and, and, and full of greenery as we possibly can Beautiful, beautiful. Well, again, I will put a link to that in the description, along with your biography and Thank the other you. links that you shared with me. Um, people can find you on social media and yes, Instagram, wisdom. inspiring yes. YouTube videos that I've, I've watched. <laughs> I love doing them. I really, I enjoy doing all of it. I really do. I love it. I love it. I love That's it all. That's so great. And we love it. And we love you. Thank you. you need to Thank keep you. this up. And anything I can do to help push you out there into the spotlight even more, because you're doing Thank it. Thank you so much. You don't, need, you don't need me, but you're you're doing it. And, uh, and I'm proud to know you. I really thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad we connected because the Lions Gate, which is a gate of energy opening on August 8th throughout the thing, it really pulls people towards you that will help towards your future and you will have in the future. So us meeting on in this specific time frame, the you know, between July 28th and the all and the end of August, it means a lot. It means that we um, are going to do a lot of things together and we can affect the world in a positive way. So I'm so excited to see what we can create together and putting our light and love together. And we're both owls. Yes, yes, we are owls, yes. Check I'm gonna put a link owl. here. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I haven't had anybody, uh, listeners, if you want to have some time uh, and it's not expensive, uh, you just download the OWL app. It's O double L, no, A O double W double L. O W W. Is the name of the app. It's on both Android and Apple. And uh, and it's a bunch of people who are professional mentors and, and guides in the world on many, many different subjects. And if you loved this, episode of the lost traveler podcast and you want to spend a little personal one-on-one -on -one time with queen b divine <laughs> go find her on owl all right thanks again queen b much love thank to you. you much love thank and, you so uh, much and thank we'll you talk so again so much yes we are you keep your light shining and we, we we will connect in the sky you know what i'm saying yes we will <laughs> <laughs> or have a good on the one. internet you too okay bye bye brother <laughs>You've been listening to Season 3 of the Lost Traveler Podcast with your host, Henry Cameron Allen. Visit me online at www.henryallen.org. Thank you to all my guests, and thank you to my listeners all around the world. I couldn't do this without your support. Let's keep striving for a better world, together. Together.